BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome back to another episode of, wait for it, Millennial money. Millennial money. I we think got, I forgot for a second. <laughs> Wait for it. What's it called? Yeah. What is it again? What's millennial uh, dollars. Millennial cents. Millennial cash. No, that's not it. Welcome back to another episode of Boomer Box today. Uh, we got a lot to talk about with the market, and we're filming this right after earnings. We got crazy numbers for you. The entire stock market crash seems to have almost reversed. Yeah. I mean, things are quickly approaching the upside. Ever since we did the candle thing last week, <laughs> gentlemen. Do you think that's it? <laughs> I think, yeah, ever since then, it was like... Doo -doo 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 -doo. No, you know what I think it was? <laughs> Someone's selling... They're no, <laughs> no, Andre, no, don't go there, Andre, man. Andre, I'm kidding, Andre, I'm we did, we did the seance for a reason. <laughs> oh gosh, it's Jeez. earnings craziness, gentlemen. Yeah, Everybody needs to go buy an iPhone because Apple saved the entire stock market. Yeah, they reported after the bell Thursday, and their earnings were so insanely good that ever since then, the market moved up big Friday. Monday, yesterday, yeah. some massive moves, and today, and then after hours, not sure if you guys saw, Google McDougal oh, saved the market as well. But not only that, Google is only a fraction of it. Um, so I bought some more Google. Okay. Yep. And they announced a 20 to 1 stock split. Oh my gosh. Now everyone's going to jump on it. <laughs> no. How crazy is that? Now I look back at this and I think, well, you know, technically, they're not adding any value by, by you know, splitting the stock, except... Uh, people are able to buy options for a lot cheaper now, so that's going to add in a big surge of demand. But I think psychologically, oh, you yeah. look back at what that did to Apple and Tesla, yep. and something like Google, I can only imagine. I don't think they're, they're as hypey as Tesla, but for mm -hmm. a company with solid fundamentals, even though we have been talking about uh, our ad revenue declining, yep. apparently Google's doing well everywhere else. Right. Yeah. And YouTube yeah. was a trouble spot. Yeah. YouTube numbers weren't that impressive. And I will say, I was watching the after hours action in Google. And initially, when the numbers came out, it was up like three, four percent. It was doing pretty good. Yeah. The stock split came out, like you said, Graham. Yeah. And next thing you know, it was up like seven, eight percent sure. almost instantly as soon as the, that flashed on CNBC. Google twenty to one stock split. Now, Jeremy, so. do you know offhand what the earnings year over year were in comparison to like last year for? Google I can't remember off the top of my head, but everything was pretty much better, okay. uh, considerably better year over year. However, YouTube numbers came in light. 
Analysts were not impressed by that. Google search, believe it or not, was the the thing that everybody was super impressed with. Mm. So I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but Google search, believe it or not, was an impressive. YouTube was a lagger. Uh, the Pixel phone actually had a really good quarter, believe it or not, mm. which is interesting. Which I will say, if you force me off of Apple, I would get the I would get the Pixel phone. Um, so you know, mm. I, I don't know. What, what do you think, Andre? <laughs> no, <laughs> stick with iOS. Man. Oh, I would. Yeah, but I'm saying, <laughs> let's say you were forced to not have an Apple product. What What do you go with? I would go with the Google Pixel over Blackberry. A Samsung. Blackberry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my what's, goodness. What's the one the flip phone that you that you used to have the keypad, you have to flip it. The razor? No, it's not oh, a razor. The egg phone? Was like a little egg phone? You like no, pops up? No, like All Paris right. Hilton did the ads with oh, it a while yeah. ago. Remember the flip phone? You, you'd have the screen yeah. and you'd flip it up oh, and have a right. keyboard. The, that's right. The, uh, the TV kick, looking kick thing. Kickback or kickstand? I don't know. <laughs> what is it called? Was it a Sony's product? The Sidekick. The sidekick. sidekick. Yeah, That's the sidekick. Wow. That's it. All the coolest kids had that yeah. in high school, man. You were a big baller. I a remember. Sidekick. I thought they were so cool because they'd take it out and look like a phone and then just, and just yeah. flip it. It's like, oh, that's so cool. You know, type away and then flip it yeah. back. Sure, sure. Oh, gosh. Wow. So are you guys buying anything? I know you're buying PayPal, maybe. Potentially. Potentially. Okay. Uh, so what did I buy today? Well, I've been buying the S&P just as usual. Same. I bought Bitcoin, Ethereum. When Ethereum and Bitcoin both dropped the other day. What level? What do you mean? What level? What price level? Thirty-six for Bitcoin. And I think it was the twenty-five for Ethereum. What are you at right now, holdings-wise, Bitcoin? Well, everything dropped at the peak. I was close to a million. Then things dropped, but I kept buying in. I think six hundred grand. You know what Bitcoin needs? Five fifty, six hundred. A twenty to one split. <laughs> <laughs> Could you Gosh. imagine that? A hundred to one split. We're splitting it, it's guys. It's just called buying less of it. Wait, how many <laughs> satoshis are there in a in a Bitcoin? Is it a million or something? I forget how many millions it was, but yeah, technically there is there's a lot of splits in Bitcoin. You don't have to yeah. buy a whole Bitcoin, Jeremy. Yeah, I know, I know, but you technically don't have to buy a whole share of Google either. Most brokerages oh, now they allow you. Oh, I see it. Shares. So instead of a Bitcoin being thirty-five thousand, split it, and now now it's thirty-five hundred for a yeah. Bitcoin. Yeah. So they're worth less, or That'd even three hundred bucks. People will be like, "Oh, it's yeah. such you, a good deal." That would work in reverse, though. I feel like for Bitcoin, I think some of the value is not and is in a high number. That if right. people felt, "Oh, wow, it's thirty-five hundred now," they just see it as like a crash. It's interesting because mm -hmm. I would yeah. be the idiot that buys Google because he sees it cheaper. I'm like, "Oh, now I can buy it finally." <laughs> it's true, even though it's psychological. It's just a psychological effect so do you guys think that stock splits are going to become the next mechanic yes for companies to because that's what we said last year mm -hmm. when everything was kind of going down like oh stock splits that's going to be the thing yeah. so yeah, i think it is, at a certain it. level i think it seems unattainable tesla was really like trying to appeal to the person who who doesn't need to uh you know buy a fifteen hundred dollar stock they wanted it to be you know approachable and even though it approaches that again I think uh, taking that approach worked really well for them. Same with Apple. Right. They don't want this to be a $1,000 stock. And I think Amazon has to be next. What yeah. could come back in fashion, Andre, also is uh, dividends. You know, a lot of these companies, even Dude. Google, has yes. never paid a dividend. Maybe they start considering, hey, you know what? Oh. We have so much money, mm -hmm. you know, and we're an established company nowadays. Well, wouldn't you say that dividend stocks are going to perform or tend to perform a little bit better this year than, say, some of the tech stuff? Yeah, they have so far. Yeah. I would say that will only stay true if the market stays in a Down. bad yeah, in yeah. a bad place because that's when everybody floods to the dividend to stocks safety. for safety. Yeah. yeah. So if 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 this trend we're on now yeah. continues for which um uh tom lee who's uh, always on cnbc he's he's known as kind of being bullish Fun but yeah, yeah yeah so he said it's going to be a violent rally in february violent for bitcoin. Says, 
Uh, no, no, no. Oh, no, actually, he is bullish on he's, Bitcoin, he's too. Bullish on Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. But also a violent rally in terms of the market. Mm. So, But one of the things was Bitcoin. He's really, really bullish on. He says this is going to be a violent rally based upon this, this, the start to the year, how we sold off so heavy. Yeah. So far, he's looking That's good, but I we'll see. a couple months ago when I told you guys that hedge funds are going to sell off towards the end of the year. They're going to collect mm -hmm. all their profits, all their fees. And then at the beginning of the year, they're going to have to have somewhere to put that money, yeah. which makes sense. Yeah. You know where they're yeah. putting it, by the way? Our sponsor, FTX, Ooh. just raised $400 million. Yeah. They're now actually one of the most valuable privately held cryptocurrency exchanges in the world right now. Actually, their NFT platform is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. You can just like swipe and then buy and sell That's for incredible. free, essentially. Yeah. It's amazing. Wow. The great thing about FTX, besides the fact that they're also sponsoring today's episode, is the fact that you could buy and sell cryptocurrency for way cheaper than pretty much any other platform. And their app is phenomenal, by the way. I started using it. And, and you uh, get the best pricing through it, right? Yeah. yeah. And best you can track all of your crypto in the app too yeah over ten thousand different cryptocurrencies that you could track from their app no minimum fixed fees on transactions and uh they have a lot to offer so if you guys are interested use the link down below in the description we have a custom link for you plus you could also set up a recurring buy to dollar cost average into the markets like i do that's huge huge, huge. <laughs> <laughs> that's huge gosh guys that joke is so 20 oh, <laughs> but you know what's not a joke is their crypto debit card that's accepted at millions of merchants worldwide and you could get free crypto on every trade you do over ten dollars wow so again if you guys are interested feel free to use the link down below in the description so, so jeremy i heard you bought paypal yes did you convince graham to buy into it well too? no graham's already oh, owned it. yeah graham already yeah. owned where PayPal. do i get on this stock list i'm not in yeah. this stock <laughs> chat god there is no <laughs> stock chat it, it, it's called looking at the market and trying to find a good value in companies that you use day to day and yep. when you see something where people are panicking for, in my opinion, you know, not a lot of reason, you buy in. I've held PayPal now for probably over, well over a year and a half. And I think my average price with PayPal, I'm down now, but I think my average price for them was about at 176, 170s. Yeah. So at 150s, which is where it dropped to immediately after, it's very tempting. Mm. Yeah. I think a lot of panic was around that SEC rule that, um, that they were going to be giving 1099s to people mm. who had more than $600 in transactions. I think that whole thing is just... But then they did the whole gift option, right? Is that what they did? Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So for those that aren't aware, when you go on PayPal, uh, the big issue was that the IRS is now going to be forcing them to send you a 1099 if you have more than $600 in transactions in a year. And everyone's like, well, I'm going to stop using PayPal now. Well, the way around it is that if, it, if you're not paying for goods and services which means you have to check that little box on there. If it's between friends and family, it's exempt. So yeah. all these little things where it's like, you know, I'm going to buy dinner, Jeremy, just PayPal me the 20 bucks for your portion. That stuff's not going to be taxed unless Jeremy decides to be like, oh, well, Graham, this for goods and services. <laughs> uh, in which case, I'll be upset if you do that. Okay, yeah. I'm going to buy PayPal right so, now uh, because I bought it right before the dip of 24%. Do you remember oh. that on Millennial Money, I actually bought $10,000 worth? I remember this. Remember that? Yes. This is when you were buying it, and you're like, guys, PayPal is a great I uh, Just to be clear, this is the first time I've ever bought PayPal in my life after is it really? hours. Yes, in my oh, entire okay. life. Wait, so, after hours or first time you've no, ever bought it, PayPal? No, in general, I've never bought one share of PayPal in my life. This is gotcha. the first time. So you, were, you were just pumping it. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I think pay, PayPal under 200 is easy money over the next five years, in my opinion. Yeah. So, but I just started buying after hours and I might build into like a multi six figure position. So, in terms of if you're wondering. Oh, that means it's going to go down. Yeah. Damn. Oh, man. Don't buy I, it's another tattoo chef, guys. It's going, it's going to five. It's going to five. <laughs> so, yeah, no one's using PayPal. No. So, the numbers yeah. eBay hurt them bad. I don't know if you guys know, but eBay and PayPal split many years ago, but then they are completely split in terms of their relationship. So their numbers were hurt dramatically from the eBay, uh, basically, you know, situation. And that's going to go away in 3Q. So starting in a couple quarters from now, they're, num they're not going to have that drag on their business because right now their numbers are dragged down by, oh, you guys used to get all this revenue from eBay. Now you're not. The other thing they got coming for them yeah. is Venmo and the Amazon deal, which is going to be huge in my opinion. So that's coming likely in the next quarter or two. Okay, we got to back up. What happened between eBay and PayPal? So I don't know. About eBay this. decided a, a couple years ago they were going to start going with their own payment processor. And so they said, we don't want to use you anymore, PayPal, as our, our kind of default. Because if you remember, you used to be. Uh, PayPal owned eBay. They were like the same company, essentially. And um, then they split off. They became their own company. So now eBay's its own company. PayPal's its own company. And then as far as uh, eBay looked at it, and they're like, we can make more money if we just don't use PayPal as kind of our default payment process or anything like that. So that hurts PayPal short term, but that stops hurting them, according to the CEO, in two quarters from now. Mm. So all of a sudden, their numbers start looking like re-accelerated growth. Everything starts getting rosy. Where is and, the growth coming from to make up for the lack of eBay sales? Uh, just PayPal in general. And then I think a lot of the growth later on is going to come from that Amazon deal. Yeah. which and is crypto. Um, What's, what's yeah, the crypto Amazon too. Imagine Jeremy's like, I don't know. Yeah, so the Amazon know. deal is uh, Venmo is essentially yeah. like, uh, you know, Amazon's going to start using Venmo. But no one knows this specific date. We just know it's coming in 22. So at some point, like that could be, imagine, you know, you want to buy something on Amazon. You can just buy it through, through Venmo. That's a pretty darn cool thing, right? I'm sure there's a good amount of people out there that will do that because Venmo is usually the second most popular yeah. app in the entire United States of You're America. You're saying that they would just use it within Amazon? Yes, correct. So right now, you know, instead of like having yeah. a credit card, I feel or whatever, like that's you not a problem that. Yeah. that needs to be solved. I, was I about love to Amazon. Say, what's what's the advantage yeah. unless it's for? Um, Gosh, like I payment protection, but but you're not dealing with like yeah. a lot of these sellers like eBay where yeah. it's like they're going to ship you something. It's a lot of people just like to use Venmo to pay for stuff. Same thing with PayPal, actually. You know, I, I've been in business for a while and we gave the option to pay through PayPal or pay through like a, a credit card or something mm. like that. And you'd be surprised at how many people choose to pay with PayPal. Got it. So um, I'm sure if Venmo is the second most popular app in the entire United States of America, I'm sure there's going to be a decent amount of people that choose, hey, I want to pay through it through Venmo. So I'm shocked because yeah. uh, I, I just wouldn't see an advantage of yeah. using like I would use, I use a credit card. Yeah, me Amazon. too. You get cash yep. back on that. It makes sense yep. unless they offer some sort of similar thing for Venmo, yep. like, you know, 6% cash mm -hmm. back. No. Maybe, maybe they will, but yeah, I it doesn't that. make sense for me. But. Yeah, no, All for right. me too. I think it's going to be one of those things, but think about it. It doesn't it make just, sense, but it's going to be great. No, 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 <laughs> think about it. It's going to boost their numbers. Imagine, yeah. imagine 2% of people, sure. right, that use it. Uh, imagine what Amazon numbers uh, are, and imagine if just two percent of people I check suppose, out through Venmo. Sure, if instead so, of like all the credit card options you have, maybe the last one's like, oh, Venmo. Ah, yeah. sure, why not? I've got some Venmo cash. Got it. Yeah. So, yeah. and some people prefer that. So not everybody's got credit cards like we do. We're big ballers, man. So, yeah. <laughs> is it for the people that don't have credit cards? Sometimes, like yeah. It, and some people just, yeah, yeah. Some people just have a workaround where they have Venmo, PayPal, but they don't have credit cards and things like that. So they prefer. Like I said, I've been running businesses for a while. And we gave, and I don't know if you guys do this for Bankroll Coffee. If you guys gave 
a credit card option and a PayPal option, you would be blown away by how many people use the PayPal option. And it's not hard to set yeah, up. Yeah, I think we have that. We have it set up. We even have it set up for Dogecoin. I, wow, I'm that's not, random. Yeah, Did you I, see haven't, an I haven't tracked anything. What's up? Did you see an increase in sales when you guys started integrating Dogecoin? No. No, not at all. No. Wow. Mm -mm. I don't know how much Dogecoin we've accepted. I know if it, if it were anything noteworthy i would have heard about it you I might mean, be a just... dogecoin millionaire we just don't know it <laughs> the irs has Yaffe. entered the chat <laughs> yeah no as far as i'm aware it did not make any difference uh, okay but what was surprising is that I, I believe it was either this or another product that we had was that we had the option where you could split up the payments like mm -hmm. interest free over the course of like 30 days uh how many people use that i'm gonna go so i'm gonna i'm going to bankroll coffee right now i'm gonna see a this. firm you're talking about i don't know if it was a firm or an, another thing it, I had, wait a minute first off yeah. you guys should not be taking a firm for four dollar coffee okay that's just if somebody needs a firm yeah. for a four dollar but you know what no coffee, but I, had, I, had a, I have a partner who deals with all the back end stuff and um and he was telling me how common it is for people to on cheap items you know mm -hmm. under like 20 bucks they'll use the buy now pay later mm. And they just prefer it, it because with zero dollar interest, you're like, ah, it's just easier for me to pay like over a month or two months or whatever. Don't uh, even the, even if they have the cash available, it's like, why yeah. not? It's free money. I may as well. And then do most people pay it off or do they just pay, pay it interest? Off. They pay. Oh, it off. I can't see. I have to go through all the steps and whatnot. Okay. By the way, twelve dollars for coffee, Graham, isn't that getting a bit expensive? We have to raise prices. Really? Oh yeah. That's, that's gonna that's, that's gonna be that's gonna be a main channel video coming up probably Ooh, in the next week or so. Yeah, okay. we're, we're waiting for our PL for the full year. Yeah. But coffee prices have gone up, I believe like eighty percent year over year. Shipping has increased. So right mm. now we're dealing with our, our coffee, I think costs us a dollar twenty five, a dollar thirty more than it did a last last year. So that's mm -hmm. an increase of like twenty five percent on our end. Just right off the bat for coffee. Plus, I think shipping is like an extra dollar in order. So we're taking a loss in yeah. both of those. Do you have yeah. a rough idea of what your profit was? Uh, in the very beginning, it was about a dollar uh, per bag on average. So if someone got four bags, it would be four dollars on average. Is all the expenses? Uh, twelve bucks. Oh, well, the the cheapest is nine, nine to twelve. Wow. Plus flat five dollars shipping. That's such a small margin. But yeah, it is. Yeah. But the five dollars flat five shipping ruins it wow. i mean yeah because we're not we don't make money in the shipping right it's like the shipping's more than that if you're on the east coast shipping is like eight dollars you know what you got to do you yeah. got to drop the cost of the coffee to like three dollars and have your shipping be like twenty dollars <laughs> you know what we could do it would be amazing to, to test this out but do free coffee it's just twenty dollars shipping, for shipping. dude people do that and they run successful businesses doing that. i know it's nutty i know that reminded me they shut that down on instagram it's like you know you could get this free yeah. bracelet yes. just claim just it here 50 available <laughs> 30 dollars shipping and yes. handling but people pay it because ah it's free yeah. Yeah. meanwhile it's from alibaba uh or aliexpress and it's you know like a dollar bracelet and shipping was like five dollars yeah. yeah so, so anyway. ups they reported yeah. uh this morning mm -hmm. stock made it over a 14 percent upward move which is ridiculous huge, UPS. Huge. Yes. huge that thing huge. is a turtle stock yeah. man. i know it's such a boring stock like usually you'd expect okay four to eight percent move maybe 14 percent was incredible and, and graham you you brought it up you know yeah. shipping costs going up and uh yeah that's benefiting ups in a massive way yeah so jeremy mentioned that to me and i said well the one thing to keep in mind is that these increased shipping costs are getting passed on to the customer but guess what's going to happen 
if at some point shipping comes down, you think these companies are going to lower their prices? No. Right. If people are paying it, like I'm thinking for for bankroll coffee, and I'm, I'm always like completely open about this, mm -hmm. but like we've we've been losing money, and if we could raise prices to the point where we don't lose money, and shipping comes down or the price of coffee comes down, we're in, the companies don't lower their prices; they will keep them the same as long as they're selling, as long as people buy it, as long as demand is still there. Right. Yeah. So it makes sense that whatever cost we get bumped up to is probably going to stay around there. And there's not going to be a lot of room for, for companies to, to reduce it, sure. especially if they've been operating at such tight margins. They'll yeah. feel like, well, now I'm finally getting to make some money. So we're going to keep it like this. And that'll be especially made worse if interest rates go up for them. So that's what I'm curious about. How is that going to mm -hmm. have a compounding effect on costs? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, what's your next business, Andre? You what's think, my next business? Yeah, what do you think about doing? Uh, high margin business, hopefully, <laughs> which I think is software. Software, okay. Software, one hundred percent. That is so high I, Yeah, I'm, wor I'm constantly working on an app. I've been working on an app for over the past year. Okay. Yeah. So we finally hired a developer, um, paid him fifty grand mm -hmm. to give us basically a prototype. Okay. So he's working on that right now, nice. and uh, yeah, very high profile person. I can't say Good. like where he works, but yeah. uh, I'm excited for that. And I'm trying to integrate a little bit of a crypto element into it where with NFTs, because NFTs are kind of like tokens that you can use, but mm. without giving too much away, it'll mm -hmm. have aspects of financial education mm -hmm. along with crypto. So oh. so it's like YouTube. Not coins. quite YouTube, <laughs> no. Think, think about gamifying investing more so. Oh, gamifying investing. Uh, but, uh, that sounds like... Yeah, the Senate just uh, no, you, <laughs> watched. It's, it's not an investing yeah, yeah. app. You're not going to be able to is invest. Vlad, is, is Vlad working on it? Yeah, he's, he's my developer. <laughs> gamifying investing Jeez. right over here. Jeez. Well, U.S. politicians. Well, speaking of which, Jeremy, uh, you know, you have the, the mug here for the Hungry yes. Bull app. And yes. uh, by the way, I mean, we'll link to it down below in the Am description. Am I getting for paid anyone. for the sponsorship? Because I'm not in this deal. Because uh, those two own this app, and I have no shares in this idea. You could link to your app down below in the description. My app doesn't exist yet, so oh, I will. Well, it doesn't let's, exist. Let's create a little little promise here. When the app is out, I okay. can pump it here. Okay, okay. pump the app. pamp it, pa pamp it, pamp it. Deal. But how is oh, the gosh. how is the hungry bull going? Because we've oh, been working on this for yeah. over a year. Yeah, it's yeah. tough, man. I mean, the develop the you know to get good developers right now, they have all the leverage, all the power. It's difficult. Like, and I mean, really, really difficult. That's the hardest thing, um, to be honest with the whole project is, is developers. They, they are in such a position of power. They have so many offers. They have so many things. And even if you try to beat out another person's offer, a lot of times they still don't care. They're like, I'm still doing this thing. Developers go where projects are most exciting, I feel mm -hmm. like, because their salaries are so high. Yeah. They want more upside. They don't yep. care about the salary as much as they care about equity and what yep. they're working on, which yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. That's what I would do too. I would rather work on exciting projects that I see have a future that I maybe can negotiate some equity in. And that way, yeah, that's a huge, huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's difficult. So we're, we're working with the recruiter right now to try to find somebody, but then the recruiter mm -hmm. gets a 25% fee wow. on everything. Of their no. annual salary for or what? a year. Yes. Wow. And that's, Anyways, that's is that, customary is that, in this industry. You, you pay them equity. Does that recruiter get 25% of equity? There's no way. No, no, just uh, the flat fee. So let's say it's a $75 an hour developer, engineer, whatever, $100, you know, $25 add on to that. 
to that, wow. you know, recruiter. So just give them a dollar base salary and then just give them like 1% equity. And probably a lot of them don't <laughs> want that. Uh, you know, I've had discussions, it, it, you know, if they want equity, they also still want a big salary because oh, yeah, they're they in do. that big true. of a position this of power true. right this now. Is equity this is, is risky too. I mean, the equity could be worth nothing. And if you're at peak earnings right now and you could yeah. be like, oh, I'm worth $300,000 a year. I don't yeah. want to take the, the risk of maybe earning $300,000 10 years from now. They want the money. Yeah. So wow. that's the thing I underestimated when I started the project is just like how tough it is to get, you know, good developers. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a dang challenge. So something we're still working with, we're trying to get better data providers right now, which uh, for this top tier data provider we want, it's uh, 2000 plus a month, plus a 2000 a month. Um, no, it's another company. Plus another 2000 a NASDAQ every month. Okay. I think it might be actually, Polygon, yeah. yeah. I told um, you about it. Yeah, yeah. I, well, we also talked about the other one, the X. Um, so we, it's like $5,000 a month just for top tier it's data. It's expensive, Yes, man. it's very so, expensive. So that makes it so difficult for an app to take off because yes. first you need the users, but mm -hmm. in order to have the users, you have to have the data. So it's like a catch-22. You have to be paying a lot of money yep. before you even have a user yeah. base. That's the hard But it's part. also competitive. You're competing yep. with every other business out there who could do the same thing at the drop of a hat if they wanted to. Here's the and thing. they have a team that's already there. I think with software, the hardest part is not creating a good app. I think that's the easy part. The hard part is marketing it, which mm. is what you're really good at. Technically, yeah. as, as a YouTuber, you have the mm. platform to market it. So I yep. think if your app has a hard time taking off, I don't think it's a lack of, let's say, marketing, but more of a yep. lack of... Oh, 100%. Is, is it something that the market needs or wants? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, for us, it's just that, that you know, to get the app to this place where it's better than everything else mm. or at least seen as good, that's the toughest part. And that's yeah. when that's when the development comes in. Yeah. So that's just continues to be a work in progress. I can tell you if I didn't have my platform and, and Graham and, and the other folks that are involved in the project, there's no way I would take on this. Right. Because yeah. you're looking at burning a minimum of five figures a month yeah. every month. Yeah. Minimum, you know, 15, 20,000 a month. Um, He's talking about tattoo so. chef, by the yeah. way. <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> okay, okay. that's that's fifteen to twenty thousand a day. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh god. Going to take on tattoo chef. You got to be ready. At minimum, <laughs> five uh, figures a month. <laughs> five figures a month in losses. Yeah. I would take that. That wouldn't be bad. Bad. I think it's more like six figures a month. But uh, yeah. So in all honesty, did you guys see Robin Hood? No. What happened? So and this is what happens when the market starts to turn, man. Robin Hood reported earnings. I think it was uh, on Thursday, right? Stock hits nine something a share. Here today, it's 14 and some change. It's gone up over 45% in three oh trading days. Three trading days over 45% off awful earnings. It was so bad. But when you get these stocks that devastated, that it doesn't matter what the company says, which Robinhood's earnings were trash. Like it was awful. Everything was awful. Like they're due to bounce. And so, 45% three trading days. And that's what I've been trying so to that's explain. That's because people. of them. That's the Apple effect. That's no, well, no. not, not really so much that it's all just a short covering along with, you know, there starts to be so much like everybody that's wanted to sell Robinhood sold that stock already. Right, right. So you kind of start to run out of yeah. any major selling pressure. Yeah. That's the point. I, I forget who it is. Some, some analysts said that the, the point you're going to see a rebound is like you said, when bad news comes out and there's no one left to sell it. Right. Yep. And that's the bottom right there. And right. I think we hit that for Robinhood. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, there's no way a company like Robinhood was was worth, you know, it was like $7 billion, $6 billion at their lowest. It was some yeah. absurd mm -hmm. number. I think they're it was worth, under 10, yeah. They're worth more than that. I mean, yeah. objectively, you could look at the amount of cash that they have and the amount of users. What and, was their AUM? Do you know? 
I cannot remember. Okay. Um, they're, they're all like, I, when I looked at the numbers, there was nothing to get excited about, though. Yeah. That I was like looking yeah, at them, and I'm like, this. But, you know, did you just run out of sellers? SDC uh, stock I started buying a few months ago. I was down about $40,000 at this time last week. Today, I'm up $18,000. Wow. So from a $40,000 loss to $18,000 in a matter of a week. Uh, Smile Direct Club. Okay. So there's a stock that was being priced for like bankruptcy. And all they have to do is not go bankrupt. And, you know, that one's going to go crazy. Isn't that kind so, of a risk, though? It's a kind of yeah, a huge gamble. Yeah, it yeah, it's a big risk. And that's why I didn't go too crazy heavy in it, okay. into it. I own probably like 60,000 shares. So not that much. But uh, it's, it's a, like a $1 stock or yeah, $2 stock. Yeah, when they were a dollar. So it's not that oh, much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when they traded 10 it's cents. A, it sounds like a lot. It <laughs> sounds like a big flex. <laughs> yeah. But it's really not. But, uh, yeah, in terms of SDC, they, that's what happens to these stocks. When you're max shorted, and I've been trying to tell people about this, Kathy Wood stocks even. Everybody's max shorted the fund. Man, as soon as that market flips, you see these stocks move 30, 40, 50, 60, 70% in a matter of a week or two. Yeah, but only because they drop so substantially. Do you think this 100%. is a potential fake out though? Do you think the market could, could be. still potentially go lower? Uh, yeah, def that's definitely... You know, it just seems a, like a there's crazy amounts of volatility in the market right yeah. now. Just like there every is, day, but every day the sellers yeah. are like, I told you so. Here's the and thing. the buyers are like, see, I told you so. But it's you like kinda, every day. Yeah. But you got to kind of think true. of like the fear in the market. And I think we've removed a lot of that fear for the time being because everyone was worried just about the Just wait till Fed. March. Kind of, pretty much. <laughs> just wait till March. But, I mean, that's what happened. Everyone was worried about this Fed meeting coming up. And are they going to hike rates and how bad is inflation? And inflation is going to be even worse than it was in December. Could there be five rate hikes? Is there a half a percent? Like, I feel like all of that, we've already accepted that, like, hey, there's a chance we'll see half a percent. Inflation's going to be bad. Right. Uh, so I'd say between now and March, unless yeah. something happens that we, we can't predict, which, but, which is always a chance of that. So the Fed still didn't give us very clear guidance on how many rates are going to increase, uh, how many They're rates. are not going to, though. I mean, they would never give us guidance like that this early on. That would be yeah. wonderful if they could at least say, hey, no. my next target is 0.25%. Just beware. Yeah. But they still have us guessing, which is silly. That's the point. Well, so they, but that leaves them open to make a move. Yeah, you know? th that's the thing. Let's say things deteriorate with the underlying economy. You know, for instance, or inflation goes way down. No, that's they fine, guide but it, then adjust you know? at that point. But at least mm -hmm. give guidance. That way the market could price it in and not be they, scared They don't constantly. care about the market pricing it in now. They're not like, oh, yeah, so the S&P could trade down a little bit. Let's just say 0.5. <laughs> Get the worst out yeah. of the way. And then we'll yeah, but you know what's you messed know, up? They yeah. know it. Like, Jerome must know exactly what he's going to do. Yeah, that's but that's why crazy. I think he's so careful about it. He's so careful about not giving any guidance and being very, like, abstract in the way he speaks. Do you think he's invested in the markets? Is he allowed Probably. to? Probably. He's allowed to. He be invested in the markets. Because you, you know how when, when apps, when these brokerage apps make you register, they ask you, are you a you know registered mm -hmm. member? Oh, So yeah. I'm kind of curious what his limitations or responsibilities are in this case. Is he... You know, responsible for you know disclosure or is he limited to a certain amount because he knows full well what's going to happen in march at least yeah. some yeah. idea that's interesting i don't know yeah. you should look up his trades yeah is, is that, that even publicly here? available maybe huh i don't know there's only one New video. person that would know the answers to these questions <laughs> who <laughs> i don't know anyways uh so who is it, Jeremy? <laughs> i don't know man there's one person i know there's one person. I think people watching know Did who that one Powell. person is. No, there's another person. <laughs> is I know Jerome another Powell person. watching this? <laughs> Could you imagine? He's this a subscriber. Is his, this is his favorite channel on YouTube. It's like I watch one channel, one channel only. He's Millennial like, Money. I love watching how wrong they are. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. He goes so to his wife. Hey, honey, guess what the guys in Millennial Money just said? We're going to raise rates a little higher. Prove them wrong. <laughs> Oh, he's a gosh. premium member. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's in the Smash Squad. He always smashes for <laughs> good, us. Good, good. Thank you, Jay Powell. At Parker, our purpose is simple. 
We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So, uh, but anyways, you get, you get in this type of market where you're getting a lot of conflicting data. And I think that's what's causing a lot of the volatility. Starbucks just reported earnings. So confusing. Like they had good parts of their earnings. They had bad parts of their earnings. Obviously, inflation's hurting them. Wages going up are hurting them. But their revenue growth was some of the strongest you've seen from Starbucks in a long time. But that was in the U.S. But China numbers were awful. But they're saying that's because of Omicron. So you're like, oh my gosh, it's, it's like so many puts and takes. And it's like, this is really good, but this is not good. This is really good. This is not good. And it's like, well, this might be something short term. This might go away. That's what's causing this volatility. Yeah. So many you moving You know what's parts. interesting? I was actually doing research on this today to find the historical data of like what happens after a correction. Um, I can't remember exactly, but when the S&P had a drop of more than 10% in one quarter, the next quarter, in all quarters, dating mm -hmm. back from 1990, with the exception of 2001, right yeah. after 9-11, uh, was up 7% in the following quarter. Mm. So after a 10% wow. drop, the next quarter up 7%. Year over year, after a 10% drop, the market increases an average of 18%. Wow. So after, after a 10, oh, sorry, that was after a 10 to 15% drop. Yeah. Wow, after a 10, okay. okay. So this is something I just pulled up, and, and I know Alex will pop it on the screen, yeah. but... Everybody is hedged for a crash. This came out yesterday. Somebody sent this to me. Uh, Goldman Sachs says they've been averaging, there's been an average of $1 trillion worth of puts, mm -hmm. which is essentially betting a stock's going to go down, down yeah. per day, which is by far the largest record. It's just gone off the charts, essentially, yeah. Andre. Look at that. Wow. So everybody's okay. hedged for a crash. And if everybody's hedged so for a crash. So money is, is at least hedged for so, a crash. Uh, no, that's everybody. Retail uh, bought oh, that's puts. that's retail too. Yeah, retail bought puts at the highest level they've ever seen over the past two weeks, essentially. Got it. The previous week and the previous week. So Jimmy, everybody. Jeremy, do you, so, do you think that Apple potentially might be a false flag in the sense of, like this false sense of security with supply chains? Because weren't you the one that said last week that Apple was kind of insulated from supply chain problems, but yeah. they're handling it in their own way that doesn't affect them as much as the rest of the market. So yeah. do you think this could be like a potentially, you know, a fake out? Yeah, it's a potential, um, but I think it was big for the market just to hear that right. supply chain's getting better. Right. And at the end of the day, Apple's, you know, if we think about them, they're probably one of the more complex organizations. Um, so if things are getting better for them, they're probably getting better for everybody else. Maybe not at the same rate, mm. But if that's the trend, that's a really good yeah. trend. Right? I want to show you this. I thought this was really funny. So I posted on Instagram yesterday, and I did a story. You guys have seen the story. I think I voted on it. Yeah, okay, yep. good. And I said, when the market was up 1.21% yesterday, I said, did we hit a bottom? 62% right. said no. We did mm -hmm. not hit a bottom, meaning we're going to drop lower. Yep. And then the next story I posted a few hours later, I said, <laughs> the more people believe that we have not hit a bottom means we're more likely to have actually hit a bottom, right? 65% <laughs> agreed with that. Yeah. It literally flipped. So 62% yeah. think we're going to go lower, but 65% also agree that if they think they're going to go lower, we've already hit the bottom. It's, it's like, hey, do you think the market's going to go down? Yep. No, it's going up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it reminds me It reminds me of this. Uh, they did 
they did I, f- I forget what the term is called it's a term in psychology but uh, they asked the the they asked a group of, of people they said do you think you are a better driver than the average mm. and something like 80 percent of people said they're better than the average <laughs> sure, sure. it just goes to show you it's it's you know or if you ask are you are you smarter than the average person right 80 percent of people either, yes i'm smarter than the average even though only 50 so percent i'm gonna so i'm gonna percent. hold on i'm gonna do a story in the meantime on asking my audience on Instagram, did the stock market bottom? And then by the end of this episode, we'll look at it and we'll see if the data correlates with yes. what Graham Well, then I'll say, did we hit a crypto bottom? <laughs> okay. I'll yeah. run the story. So, right. so what you're saying, Graham, is yeah. that because of the enormous amount of short interest that we're seeing in the market, that on average, the market is probably wrong and it's not going to go down. It's Correct. probably going to go up. Yes. And the only reason I say this is because a lot could be priced in. So the more people believe that the market's going to drop, they'll take an action to prevent their position yes. from dropping even further. Mm. Yeah. So that means that by doing so, it's already priced in the market. Right. All right. Let's put this quiz Oh, together. you know what it's called? Uh, for that term, it's called the observer effect. Because when you could observe something happening, you could take action to prevent that. It's like if I told you right now that uh, you're not going to subscribe... You're not going to do it. You're not going to subscribe. So I've already told you you're not going to subscribe. But you could prove me wrong because you know that now by subscribing. And then you've proved me wrong that you're going to subscribe. So it's but the could same. they double prove you wrong by also hitting the notification bell? Would, would that be a, a double or is that even possible? Yeah, that'll really prove me wrong. That would really prove like you really, wrong. Really? Like I'd be... I'd be completely wrong if you. Yeah, the like there's no way bell. they could subscribe, hit the notification, and bell. become a premium member. <laughs> <laughs> We're gone. Okay, we got too far. Uh, too far, Andre. Too far. <laughs> Never go too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so where were we at there, gentlemen? You guys uh, were pulling. Oh, oh, you market guys market uh, bottom. Yeah, because you think about it, right? There was a big hedge fund conference last week, and I think I brought this up. And f- from what I heard out of that hedge fund conference, from people that were there. You, they couldn't find anybody bullish on the market. No one bullish at a hedge fund conference, right? We know how retail's been feeling. Graham did the poll, right? Feeling much more bearish than bullish, whereas last year at this time is a very different vibe. So, and we see that the activity, buying puts at record levels last two weeks, selling out of stocks completely. The, people have basically prepped for a crash. And if everybody's prepping for a crash, you're probably not going to get yeah. a crash. You know what? You know what's but, nuts? Oh, uh, when the, crashes when, when usually the, come when you're not expecting when them, the right? market was really down i'm talking like at at the low point when mm-hmm. my portfolio like i lost over a million dollars i think in like a month and a half it was it probably was last lot. monday yeah, yeah last and monday, i remember I talking to alex and i showed alex i was down like 200 grand on on a day so far and i remember that feeling of just like you know what should i just sell and lock in my gains right now and then Ooh. i don't have to worry that, i guess you get those feelings every yeah, now and then yeah, yeah. and alex was like you know what like I, I've been up and like I could sell right now just at least I could lock in my gains and I don't have to lose money. And I remember that feeling. And I, and I remember that feeling specifically because every time I've had that feeling or I've questioned, no, I shouldn't do that because it can drop lower, is the time to hold and buy more. Wow. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you That's start getting yeah. like that. And I feel like people that are on the wealthier side tend to feel that effect a lot more. Because usually the wealthier people are not in wealth grow mode. They're they're in wealth preservation mode. So you must feel those emotions a lot stronger yeah. than somebody who's still accumulating. Which is interesting to someone. Never mind. We won't go there. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah no, no. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I can I can kind of beg to differ. Because, you know, imagine somebody with $10 million or whatever, right? Or $20 million, sure. whatever the amount is. You kind of look at it and it's like, it's not the end of the world if, if you go down short term. Somebody with maybe 10000 who's gone from 10000 to 5000 
is like maybe they're that's their only money, right? That's their only safety net. I think those folks are also uh, very likely to maybe panic sell because they're like, I'm down to my last five thousand dollars here. If the stocks keep going down, I'm not going to have any safety egg, right? Because a lot of people use their investment accounts, I, including myself back in the day, as a, their, their kind of nest egg. I too. think that's true for the beginner investor who just got started with the market. But somebody who's at least understood how the market works with just buying and holding, they wouldn't mm -hmm. do that. And I feel like it's the people with the $30 million net worth that can afford to sit out for a couple months. Because yeah. if they lose opportunity of making a couple million dollars, that doesn't matter much, so much to them. They can yeah. sit it out for but, a little But bit. you know what? But that's what hedge funds do. Sure. Hedge funds really try to limit the downside. And that's why a lot of them underperform. Because right. they're like, you know what? We, we don't want our client worth $100 million losing 30% of it in a year. That's 100%. too much. So we're, you know, we're, we might not optimize all the gains, but at least if the market goes down, they're losing 10% instead yeah. of 30. So I think at a certain point, it starts to make sense. You hedge your bets, you play it a little safer. And even if you lose out on some opportunity cost, if that's for peace of mind, it's for peace of mind. Sure. Well, here's a here's yeah. a crazy theory. Have you guys thought about? Um, you remember when the uh, yield curve inverted in 2020, I believe. Yep. And now yield curves, inverted yield curves, just for anyone who's not who doesn't understand what they are, it's it's when the interest rate of short term bonds grows more or is is more than 30 year bonds or, or long term bonds. Now, when that happens, it signals to investors that we're due for a correction for a recession. You know, and they've predicted in the last 50 years like nine out of 10 or 11 yeah. of them, something ridiculous. Now, when we got that inverted yield curve in 2019 or 2020, we were we followed that with the Roni Rona. Mm -hmm. Now, an inverted yield curve can't predict a pandemic like that. That's not how it works. So I'm curious that if the pandemic potentially postponed the recession we were meant to have, because mm -hmm. that was the 10-year cycle, essentially. Mm -hmm because economies correct roughly every 10 years. And we were due for a correction at that period of time. And the yield curve told us, yes, we are. Uh, but the yield it is curve is a relatively reliable indicator. We got the Roni Rona, we got an injection of stimulus money, which postponed the recession we were supposed to have. So are we due for another one because uh, that yield curve is flattening again? I think the yield curve has only been right in like 75% of scenarios. And I like it's a little only. bit more. But they, I, I think it's 75, but right. even let's say 80, sure. it's still one out of five times. It's incorrect. I think so it's it a little bit more. I think it's closer to, I'll look, let's look it up yeah. right now. No, that regardless, that's an interesting statistic. If it's way more right than wrong. And I remember, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, it, is, it is more right than wrong, but it's yeah. not 100%. And there have been times where the, where the yield curve is inverted and nothing has happened. And mm -hmm. that was where I came up with that, uh, the, uh, that point about the observer effect mm -hmm. in that when the yield curve inverts, investors could take action ahead of time to prevent that from causing a drop in prices. Yeah. Yeah. That's another one of those factors. I think it's just like, I don't want to call it a waste of time to pay attention to, but it's like another one of those, oh, it's so scary. The yield curve inverted, you know, and uh, the, the Fed, all this stuff to me at the end of the day is just kind of like a drama show. Because I, you know, been doing this for so long, like all these things come in, come in flows. And next thing you know, everybody's talking about a presidential election. Next thing you know, everybody's talking about, uh, you know, what China's going on and, and all oh, the growth is slowing in China. All these things go in cycles. And then all of a sudden they go away for a year or two. You know what it was before um, uh, Rona? Hmm. You know, and obviously this never became anything, but Ebola. I remember Ebola caused the market to drop dramatically. This was either 2014 what? or 2015. 
No. <laughs> oh, that was Salmonella, right? Salmonella. What, 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 what did, I thought Chipotle had some sort of thing in their lettuce. Yeah, no, no. Big yeah. Thing. <laughs> what? Yeah. No, this is, a, this is a different thing. But I remember being in Charlotte, North Carolina, watching CNBC, and the market went through this, like, a few weeks span. I'm an, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Alex, just edit that out. No, no Alex, keep, keep it, it in. in. Keep it in. So, Alex, so, you could edit that out. No, Alex. You Alex, guys are leaving. Alex, I'm, I'm in control of the uh, the your edits salary's here. salary's three ways. Two people voted against it. Okay, Alex, remember that, all right? <laughs> the inverted yield curve has consistently predicted a recession each of the five times in the last five decades. Since uh, That was a 2019 article, to be fair. I don't know. They do, they do pick... They do selectively pick certain if you're, dates. If you're looking at it from the 70s, then it's predicted all of them. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, so uh, looking back on this, because I was like, I remember being in my apartment in Charlotte, North Carolina in 2014 and this Ebola thing. And so, yeah, Ebola <laughs> caused the market uh, at that time. It tumbled 8%. From its its uh, highs it had reached previously. Okay. Everybody freaked out over this Ebola thing, like it was gonna like take over the world and whatnot. Sure. Obviously, it didn't happen. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but it caused the market to freak out. What year was this? It was in 2014. 2014. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I think that, and that's why when I first started hearing about Rona, I didn't take it super serious because I was like, ah, what is this? Is this another Ebola thing? Like, what is going on here? Obviously, it became more of a serious situation. The world obviously took it super serious. But at first, I was very skeptical when I first started hearing about it, which was probably January or February of mm-hmm. 2020. I was too. Yeah, because it was like, okay, I remember the Ebola thing. And I was like, what's the big deal with it, with this? Yeah. And then obviously, you know, next thing you know, they were shutting down the global economy. But anyways, these things just go in cycles. And we're going to have in the future, there's going to be another, not maybe Rona scare, but there's going to be something disease related that's going to freak the market out in the short term. And it will not be a once in a hundred year of panic, uh, pandemic, but people will get scared. The market will sell off five, 10, 15, 20% because of that. And, um, you know, the, yeah. these, they just everything goes. But, in I mean, cycles. the counter argument to that is if we have enough of these variants, that the market might just become immune to it and be like, oh, "I know how this story is going to play out." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's almost how it was uh, slightly with with Omicron, but also there's another variant now of Omicron. It's like a B two variant that's mm. supposed to be spread one and a half times more than Omicron, and you've just nobody's heard about it because mm. I yeah. ju- I just think there's that it's so gotten to a point where it's yeah. <laughs> So. Yeah, even even uh, early last year, there was so many. I remember I'd read up on them, and, and, and some of them sounded much scarier than yeah. anything we've had. Uh, where it's like, oh my gosh, but you know. So, so basically, one of the biggest, I guess, indicators to seeing if a recession is going to happen is just to follow the interest rates because Jerome Powell's job is to balance interest rates with employment, right? Yeah. So if that affects employment and the middle class start to lose their jobs, that's potentially probably the biggest indicator of a possible Well, recession. I think the, I think in my personal opinion, don't look at government data, actually. I think government data... Well, data I'm not saying look at government data. Oh, okay, data. okay. No, well, I meant, I meant anything the Fed, you know, the Fed's technically, I guess, not the government, but I look at the Fed as a government as well. Yeah. I say the Fed, the government, everything. They're always looking at usually backwards looking indicators rather than the future and kind of what's going on. I think actually much more important is pay attention to UPS earnings. UPS uh, is is a company that does business all over the globe, right? There's not going to be one specific thing that's going to make UPS's business go up outside of the global economy being in a strong spot. 
If that's not happening, UPS is not thriving, right? It's not like Apple could come out with some big iPhone and it's like, well, maybe just Apple numbers are good. It's UPS. So I don't the, know, man, I think that's oversimplifying the economy down to one stock. Like, oh, you want yeah. to predict a recession? Look at UPS. Yeah, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's, in my personal opinion, I think it's one of the most important. Um, I think that you can look at the real companies, but the problem with the real companies is a lot of them are just very, you know, like US related, right? Yeah. I think a company like UPS, they see everything coming in on a daily basis. And UPS got it for a very strong 22, and they just upped their dividend by 50%, mm. which is a huge uh, dividend raise there. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to get ultra bullish about the economy, but that was something I looked at and I was like, dang, man, UPS wouldn't just uh, come out and have that strong guidance, raise their dividend 50%, unless they were pretty darn confident 22 is going to be a very, very good year. So... I'm yeah. just looking at my parents, the middle class, and I'm like, hey, guys, are you guys okay? Is your job yeah. still intact? Is your pay <laughs> still all right? Because Vegas and, you know, like Hawaii, places like that, mm -hmm. those are the places that are first to go. It's the entertainment yeah. class, and that's the first domino to fall. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm looking, but... Yeah, I got a I got a last minute reservation at SW Steakhouse the other night. STK or what? Uh, SW Steakhouse at oh, the Win. I got I was amazed at that last minute. It, I had to get it like right when they opened yeah. at five thirty. But I was surprised I got anything. I called the day before. It's, Were you like? I've, I did, I've I've didn't got half get a your invite, Jeremy. <laughs> I hey, uh, it's not a senior <laughs> yeah, the, the market's been a little rough, Graham. I can't really pay for $150 dinners right now, but, um, you know, so, but, uh, anyways, yeah. yeah. So I was down the strip and it looked, yeah, it didn't look busy, but it didn't look dead. That, that's what I thought. Cause we drove around. I, I just want to see like, you know, what's going on out there and it didn't look busy. didn't look dead. And Rona numbers have been sky high recently. Yeah. So I'm going to pay attention more in March. Have April. you guys noticed the local real estate here? We're getting a lot of new listings recently. Like I'm watching the market oh, and we're really? getting a lot more new listings. I remember I we used to know. get like 10 a day, maybe mm. now I'm seeing like five to 10 every three hours. I think, I think it's getting to a point where sellers are feeling more comfortable about selling or if someone's thinking about moving, there's more inventory so they could, they could sell their house, but then they have a place to move to because right. before last year it was so different. Like people couldn't sell because you'd be like, well, I would sell. And then in between the time where I need to buy something else, prices will have gone up another 6% right. and then I'll buy less house. What and, about mortgage and, uh, forbearance protection? Is that over? Pretty much almost everybody, as far as I'm aware, the numbers went down to basically nothing. I mean, okay. not it's not nothing. It's like one and a half, two percent. That's part of it. I mean, I'm sure evictions yeah. are going up too. People are finally, you know, being evicted and foreclosures and we can start to have those. Uh, who did I speak with? I spoke with a property manager about evictions. Uh, he said that that at least in California, that a lot of those tenants were getting their rent paid through a program. I'm not entirely familiar with it, but that um, the tenants that are behind on the rent can apply and that money is sent directly to the landlord, almost no strings attached. Mm. Cause I got a property manager now on another property. And uh, have you noticed in any of your properties, people stop paying or one they tenant, they've been a tenant. problem since the very, so I've had them since 2015 and they have been a nuisance. Mm. Well, I don't know if they're, they're, there's no way they're watched. Just watch them watch this. But anyway, <laughs> they, they know what they, they know what they've done. They've, they've, mm. cons they've, they've, I don't want to say they trashed it, but like they, and well, I may as well just tell you guys, but they started parking like three or four like really beat up cars in the front. They they backed up those cars like into the fence. They ruined the fence. They hit the tree in front. Um, their fence in the back, they've let it just completely deteriorate. Mm. They started renting it out on Airbnb without my knowledge. Oh my the other tenants let me know about that. I reached out to them. They completely ghosted me. Uh, they started paying their rent again. Then they caught back up and then they fell behind. I mean, it's just... 
How how are you like with subleasing? Like if a tenant reached out to you and were like, Graham, um, kind of having a hard time making my payments, but I have an opportunity with Airbnb. Would you allow them to run mm-hmm. one or? Are there any circumstances no. where you would consider it? Uh, rare, no, no. Just because of the wear and tear for something like that, and the complaints that I got from it, it, this is a, a, a multi. No, it's a multi unit. Okay. So the complaints that I've got from the other tenants were pretty gnarly. Got it. And just the 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 the, you know, the noise, the constant, you know, goings and comings, and just parking random stuff in front, and just. Had nothing but bad experiences. Okay. I'm sure. I'm sure there are examples where it might work, mm-hmm. but uh, so but yeah, that was one. Speaking of, the of real estate, would you guys do you guys think it's a good time to buy now or wait? I think unless you have to buy because you need a family house, I think sure. wait. I think it, I think it's, uh, I think it makes sense to wait right now. So, and, and most people I know that are really, you know, I would call them experts on the Vegas real estate market. Most of them say, hey, you know, right now it's kind of a, a wait and see. Um, you know, because the market's just gone crazy, you know, here in this community, my wife was just at the park and she said that, uh, to get that, those last bunch of houses, you have to put down a hundred thousand dollar deposit just to get on the bid list. So now they're starting to bid off the properties because they have that much demand. Oh my God. So you need for to put new construction. Yes. Are you talking about like luxury though? No, for here, this community. Wait, 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 wait. So yeah. luxury. A hundred thousand yeah. to bid to bid yes a hundred thousand dollars to bid and then you still got to try to bid up the property but that's yeah. how you know much demand they have now? uh no i'm guessing you know i don't i don't even want to put a guess i, on I, it, I have a strategy a i want to run by yeah. you guys that i'm considering doing that i haven't done that i want to do mm-hmm. so you know i'm afraid that real estate could potentially go lower as interest rates will go up so is it worth appraising my property now right pulling out 80 percent? so let's say i at least get six hundred thousand dollars out of my property if I invest it into a stable coin like USDC, so it's not going to fluctuate, I'm liquid, and I can get 8% APY on that money. That's about $4,000 a month. I could use that money to then pay down the mortgage on the new loan. Is that a smart decision? I would refinance because yeah. I do think it's smart to lock it in now. Yeah. Prices could continue to go up. Why take the risk? You have a good opportunity right now. Right. Prices are high relative to where you bought it. Do it. Refinance, okay. take the money. Personally, I wouldn't put it all in stable coins because mm-hmm. I think it just takes one event, one brokerage that doesn't allow you to to withdraw transactions, some sort of regulatory something comes on. You know, like let's say this executive order all of a sudden freezes stable coins because they they need to be audited or right. I don't know. Right. There there goes all your money. Right. So I I don't see a harm honestly in like ten to twenty five percent of that in a stable coin mm-hmm. at eight to twelve percent or whatever. I wouldn't put the whole thing. If it were me, I would I would take. Ten percent stablecoin, the rest of it just index fund and leave it, mm. and then just pay down your mortgage as usual. That's what yeah. I would do. It's it's tempting not to put it all into a stablecoin, yeah. but if anything, if I'll wait, I might just yeah. wait with that cash until that executive or order. The other option, you just keep it paid off, and yeah. you have zero stress. Yeah, and that's zero the other worry option. in the world. Also, but it's it's keeping so much money locked in into a not. Yeah, I have an asset. idea for you, Andre. What's that? You, you can take that. I'm not going to buy your plaid. No, 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 no. I have a much better <laughs> idea. Buy a Planet 13. <laughs> yes, you, you take that money, you put a third in the planet, a third in Tattoo Chef, a third in Honest. You make a three X over the next five years, and you, you're looking pretty good. Okay. Mm. 
direct financial advice to you, Mr. Andre. So that is not for entertainment purposes. That was not for entertainment, Andre. That was direct. The most yeah. direct financial advice. Give me your phone. Yeah, I'll do it right we'll, now. Yeah, okay? yeah. We need to cue sarcasm. Every we got sarcasm. Every thing stock I've ever bought when Jeremy's like, it's a great value, yeah. has been down more than twenty five percent. We one stock, Andre. One stock. No, okay? it's Corsair. Corsair and PayPal. When you mentioned it. Hey, I wouldn't buy PayPal, so that didn't count. Okay. Yeah, but you, it but only you were like, counts oh, it's if a I great buy it. value. I'm like, I think I'm gonna buy it today. It I'm is like, a great value. <laughs> was it that two hundred? No, it was it was around hundred two hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, anything under two hundred is a Jeremy. great value. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, Andre, what I, about Bitcoin? You when you told me I, to get in, it was sixty thousand. I did not tell you to get in at sixty thousand dollars. You been, told me it was sixty nine thousand dollars. Yeah, great deal. It's you said sixty nine is such a sexy number. Buy at 69,000. That was a joke. I would have never told you to get in at 69. I told you, I be, I begged you to get in at 30. I was like, I don't on. remember that. Yeah, that's I when, don't remember that's that's that. when I begged Graham to get in yeah. at 30 and he listened and you yeah. did not. I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember something about 60. I've, I've but anyways. Been, I've been buying NFTs, so as, you, as you know. No, you're still doing it? I'm still doing wow. it. I actually oh, just yeah, bought one? one for um, $30,000. Wow. Yeah, it's okay. crazy. You guys think I'm nuts, but Well, no, I mean it's I, of your I net worth, it's not like a crazy number, right? Yeah. Of no, your net not. worth, like if that's like your entire pie, that would be a different situation. So. But between my Omi crypto, which is the the collectibles, the collectibles, uh it's 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 up. It's doing great. Between Omi and between my NFT collectibles, I'm a little over half a million dollars. Wow. Yeah. So half a mil in that, half yeah. a mil in Stocks essentially, my okay. stock portfolio is about half a million dollars. Yep. Um, I want to say 800,000 to a million in real estate, that's my okay. house, yep, and then another million in crypto. Okay, yeah, not not so counting. Are, no, are you taking NFTs bigger, much bigger, or is it you kind of only them specific there? ones? I'm not like speculating on the board apes, which have gone okay. like insane. I've been watching high. the prices of those. You know why that happens, why? by the way? The the floor is like 116 ETH right now. Oh my gosh. It's because ETH went down to like roughly two and a half thousand dollars. So when the underlying like crypto falls, everyone starts to just buy up all, all the all the NFTs. And so the floor prices just get just dried up. Oh, I see. And then when ETH starts going back up, exactly. all of People these sell. are kind yeah. of yeah, yes. got it. Okay. Yeah. So my my fans yeah. are more bullish than your fans, Graham. Fifty six percent say the stock market has bottomed. Fifty six percent. So, but that's yeah, not but that's fair. That's a different day. That's not fair. Too. Yeah, it's a different day. Oh, it's only one day off. Fifty eight percent of my audience says crypto has not hit a bottom. Oh wow! 58%. So more bearishness on the crypto. More bearish. On that's crypto. interesting. But again, that makes I sense. Think the more people believe we have not hit a bottom, the more likely we are to have hit a bottom. That's true. Let us know what you think down below in the comments, if that's true for you. If you think we've hit a bottom, if you think we're going to go even higher from now, let us know what you think over the next week. And uh, make sure to prove me wrong by subscribing, because I don't think you're going to subscribe. I don't think you're going to do it. You're and not going to do get it. Get the premium subscription, too. <laughs> and hit the notification bell. Yes. Because right. that is huge. Pow. Huge. <laughs> thank you guys so much for watching. And also a big thank you again to FTX. If you guys want to check them out, their link is down below in the description. They're a fantastic app. They just raised that 400 million bucks. You may as well try them out. Thank you guys so much for watching. And until next time. Peace out, you guys. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.